Wow. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is December 9th, 2020. This is episode 274. And today, McPfizer Wackchine Venom. And don't panic. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we report the egregious while pointing to Jesus, where we will likely offend you because we can be facetious. Supplement your weekly news digestion with us so you can get a well-rounded, biblically grounded intake of world events. Welcome to the show. Boom, chicka, chicka, what? Well, here we are, Gons. We're back for uh, show number two of Vaccine Week over there in the UK. We've got a short note uh, from one of our UK listeners coming up a little bit later. But if you're out there and you're from the UK... Send us an email at canarycryradio at gmail.com. Let us know your experiences during Vax Week. Uh, But before we get into that, Gons, uh, I gotta say, I'm having an interesting experience. I am wearing contact lenses inside of me me, me VR (laughs) helmets. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it actually helps a lot. Um, Of course, I can't. I do wear glasses. I can't wear them in this thing. Uh, But I noticed even in the virtual world, when things get too far away, I can't see them, which is really weird. I don't know how that works. It doesn't seem like it should be that way. But I am now wearing contact lenses in the cyberverse and uh, it helps. It helps. Yeah, it's really interesting how you can keep those googly eyes open the whole time. He never blinks, folks. Never blink. Very dedicated. I'm I'm the watchiest watchman. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Call ourselves watchmen. You're really keeping an eye. You better be the watchiest. The watchiest. Uh, Also, I want to give an update to uh, all our dear listeners who care so deeply about my physical health. Don't worry. I've started. I've started uh, the the workout regimen. It hurts, and I hurt all over. <laughs> Taking my creatine and my protein, getting back in business, baby. I was really uh, convicted about the you know the impending martial law and uh, ap- robot apocalypse, and kind of seemed like a time of history where I'm gonna need to like be able to at least run a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe yeah. climb over some fences or crawl through a field or something so i figured just for you know for for survival purposes i better be able to at least be able to lift myself uh up off the ground without having every bone in my body crack and me make the the noise well, that, so that noise, it. once you pass 30 years old, that noise doesn't go away. But It kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once I turned 30, it was just that noise came out for no reason sometimes. Yeah, like getting out of bed in the morning. Although the amount of pain that you feel in your body, that that is uh, not indicated by the, the, the moan and groan. Yeah. Um, which is good. You're, you're, uh, you're 
taking precautions. You're doing, you know, your your preparation, your own type of preparation. Yeah, uh, I you have know, plans. It's an, oft, it's an oft overlooked aspect of prepping. Yes, got to have your physical body ready. I'm uh, I'm also considering my own form of prepping, and uh-huh. you know, everyone's got to wear a mask anywhere you go in California. So mm-hmm. I thought I would uh, go ahead and order a Mandalorian mask helmet Ooh. and just walk around with the helmet on. Yeah. Just, just to, you know, and I want to get the uh, little baby Yoda ears for my little baby boy. And then I can just really, <laughs> you know, make the whole thing happen. And uh, the other thing would, that would be really cool. And I'm trying to convince the wife, not really uh, working so far, but I want to drive a DeLorean so I can be a oh. man. <laughs> In a DeLorean is <laughs> a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Are you getting a, a mask, a Mandalorian mask? No, I like want the full helmet. helmet. I want the helmet. Yeah. A lot of them are like plastic, so it's kind of weak. Yeah. But I, I'm looking yeah. for one that's like legit, you know, Beskar. I need Sounds, the real Beskar. <laughs> the real Beskar steel. <laughs> yeah, kind of okay. hard to come by. But anyway. Um, Sounds this good. is where I we get the you. comments where people always comment blah 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 at the beginning of the show. That's but the whole point. I know it's because we're trying to you wait for everyone to jump into in. It. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, speaking of which, while we wait for the slackers, you got any uh, election updates? Uh, and so my question is very direct: Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> no. Uh, just a brief one. I know Texas filed uh, an official uh, lawsuit. To the SCOTUS and uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of states jumped on board. I think. Uh, okay, so the, yeah, the, the to the Supreme Court of the U.S., the state of Texas versus Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and I think Louisiana, Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Carolina, and South Dakota are all jumping on board with Texas. So. This is like a like a cage match of states. What is this about now? What's this regarding? The election fraud. Yeah, but what is the lawsuit that they're lawsuiting? Uh, like, what's the claim? Uh, let's see. I just mean, that I they don't like it. <laughs> no, there's some legit issues with um, fraud, fraud stuff. Yeah, fraud stuff and and irregularities, and it goes through a lot of the stuff we've seen over the you know several few weeks here. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen because I think what they're trying to do is throw out some of the mail-in ballots, but I'm not going to speak to it too much. I'm just reporting yeah. on what's you know being thrown out there and some progress you know, the, being made. The interesting thing is we are now, what is it? It's the ninth. Yeah. The eighth was supposedly, wasn't the eighth the day that the electoral college was supposed to I, vote or I, some safe harbor yeah, date safe harbor dates today and then the 14th is the the voting day or something so okay yeah all right we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah. it's it's coming up and uh but you know it's one of those issues where it does seem like there's some traction going on with the, something's happening with the republican side of things but it's all political theater it's to keep you all riled up. Yeah. And you know what's not political theater, but is also supposed to get you all riled up? Flippy. Yeah. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? That'll become political soon enough, though. <laughs> oh, it will. And this is even a little political. It is. So, 
This is the flippy update, folks. If this is your first time listening to the show, let me let me learn you something. Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. Wow. Um, <laughs> we used to- <laughs> okay. huh, <I> about whoa. <laughs> we used talking about Flippy as a proxy conversation to quickly talk about how uh, robotics and AI just kind of the progress, tracking the progress of world domination. And today, this story is coming from pghcitypaper.com. Uh, so there's a local uh, news outlet, I believe from Pennsylvania, I think. Yep. Uh, but the article is headlined, Pennsylvania legalizes autonomous delivery robots, classifies them as pedestrians dun 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 that's right folks flippy is officially a pedestrian i think this is the the biggest leap toward personhood of robots legal personhood uh for robots that we've seen in many years i mean we've been following the 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 personhood of robots uh journey for quite a few years now but as far as like a objective legal precedent this is actually a pretty big uh, pretty big deal so the article reads last month pennsylvania legalized autonomous delivery robots which can weigh up to 550 pounds without cargo and typically roam sidewalks to delivery goods there's a little typo but um typically roam sidewalk this got me messed up here uh, without cargo and typically roam sidewalks to deliver goods in urban and suburban environments. The law's passage went largely unnoticed. Hmm, coincidence? I don't think so. And it became law without Governor Tom Wolf's signature. Hmm. It passed mainly along partisan lines with Republicans supporting the law and Democrats opposing. Look at this. This is very interesting. Very uh, seldom does uh, Flippy updates or the robot takeover fall along party lines of any kind. Uh, but here it passed mainly along partisan lines with Republicans supporting the law and Democrats opposing calling it a job killer. Of course, bills regulating autonomous delivery robots have largely been pushed by delivery companies like Amazon and FedEx, according to Wired magazine. Opposition has largely come from pedestrian and accessibility advocates, <laughs> as well as labor unions like the Teamsters. Pennsylvania joins several other states in regulating autonomous delivery robots, a.k.a. personal delivery devices. That's the first time I've ever heard that. They... Um, and they kind of consolidate it down to PDD, personal delivery de devices. Most laws, including Pennsylvania's, now legally classify them as pedestrians, as long as PDDs yield the right of way to actual human pedestrians and cyclists. Oh, second class pedestrians. Yeah. But Pennsylvania's new law is arguably one of the least restrictive of any state outside of Florida, which is one of the least pedestrian-friendly states in America. Pennsylvania Senate Bill 1199 allows PDD to weigh up to 550 pounds. Washington State has a weight limit of 120 pounds. Wow. Uh, SB 1199 speed limit on the sidewalk is 12 miles per hour. So that's like a... Eh, 
a hefty jog. That's, I think. that's pretty fast, actually. Yeah, for this, a, this is not slow. No. Only Florida speed limit is faster, where municipalities can only institute a 15 miles per hour speed limit. Eric Borer of the Bike Pedestrian Advocacy Group, Bike Pittsburgh, says 12 miles an hour is fast for traveling on the sidewalk, considering the average walking speed for pedestrians about three or four miles per hour. Quote, they're going to be on sidewalks with 12 miles per hour. That is extremely fast, says Borer. It's not extremely Bearer. fast. Extremely it's, fast. It's fast. A little, <laughs> little hyperbole there, Bearer. Uh, quote, and in a city like Pittsburgh, we have narrow sidewalks. Some of these things can be the size of a refrigerator. How are we going to get around that? When they aren't on sidewalks or pedestrian areas, PDDs can travel on roadways or shoulders at 25 miles per hour. Bearer is concerned that these autonomous delivery robots will be traveling at these speeds in bike lanes. As 25 miles per hour is faster than speeds typically traveled by cyclists. Okay. Bearer adds that SB 1199 lacks a mechanism to allow local municipalities to write local regulations around PDDs. He says that can add a whole other host of problems. Uh, quote, it's such a shame there is no local municipal input, he says. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm going to go all the way through. We're almost there. In response to the issue, Pittsburgh Department of Mobility Director Karina Ricks says, quote, in light of the general local preemption of the act, we are working to assert some level of local control. Nonetheless, Pittsburgh first got a taste of PDDs when a pilot program out of the University of Pittsburgh had Starship autonomous robots delivering meals to people on campus. The Starship pilot had several hiccups, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares about Starship robots. Uh, but there you go, Gons. Legal, uh, one of the first official legal uh, personhood uh, issues being put on the books for delivery robots. Called it. That's right. We called it. We, we called it. I don't know what year, but it was pretty early on. Yeah. Um, that was one of our, it was definitely at least in the first, I don't know. 20 episodes, I think, of Canary Cry Radio. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty funny how the biggest uh, enemy of these robots that they could find are Democrat bike riders. Yeah. P pedestrians. I like that <laughs> Not even pedestrians. Well, it's I, it talks about the. I know, but I, I, there was a mention of pedestrians. I thought it was interesting that there's even like a pedestrian group, you know? We defend mm -hmm. all pedestrians. I guess that's whatever. <laughs> Well, but, uh, I think it, the group was Bike Pittsburgh, so it's the cyclists that are uh, fighting back. Sure. Uh, although I think it did mention the pedestrian advocacy group or something, too. Well, it's Eric Bearer of Bike Pedestrian Advocacy Group, Bike Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought there was another pedestrian group in there why but are anyway. you defending pedestrians so much because i am a pedestrian guns? when i walk on the street and <laughs> i i am not usain bolt so i can't run 28 miles per hour yeah for a 100 meter dash you just got to get good at hiding from these robots this is a good game if you live in pittsburgh and you see these little robots rolling around you should get good at spotting them quickly 
and uh, hiding from their sensors. Either that or there's going to be there's going to be some pretty serious vandalism of these things. You know, bike uh, <laughs> bike people, uh, cyclists, they can get pretty punk rock. These little delivery robots are um, there's going to be some violence against robots, which will lead to some more laws on the books. Well, part of the problem, too, is that these robots all have cameras all over them, you know, so it's going to be yeah. hard to get away with it. Uh, but eventually we will have a robot Rosa Parks moment where, you know, it, <laughs> whoa, good call. Actually, I th- yeah. yeah, it's coming some kind of legislative or legal uh, robots take a stand uh, standing in front of a tank or something like in China. I don't know. Some kind of moment where the robots people will sympathize with robots and say, oh, they should have more rights. My machine, my choice. Yeah. Well, either the people will stand up for the robots or the robots will stand up for themselves. I don't know which, which one's worse. Is, yeah, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> it's bad either way. But anyway, yep. Good to know that we were all over this idea of robots, autonomous robots uh, gaining personhood. And here we are legal uh, protection as pedestrians. Yes, pre- pedestrian go. protections. Yep, there you go. All right. Let's all get right. through a. A handful of updates, and then we got our Vax Week report. Okay. We're skipping the 33 reports today. We're going straight to the 666. Oh, my gosh. First up, this is 411mania.com. Bestia666 says his parents have been hospitalized due to COVID-19. Oh. <laughs> rough, rough. Yeah. Or this uh, luchador. So there's one. He's a, he's a luchador? That's what it says. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but the, the best part here, Bestia666 has revealed that his parents, Damien666 and <laughs> Lupita Lizarraga, have been hospitalized due to COVID-19. The luchador posted on Instagram to announce that both of his parents have tested positive for the virus and are currently in the hospital. I like how oh, both no. the two uh, generational... 666 yeah uh, moniker it's like a there. legal last name yeah. <laughs> yeah dad 666 and boy 666 so there's one we got another one here this one's a little bit more subtle this is lmfm.ie coronavirus update healthcare workers and students among those most affected by covid19 and yeah where's the 666 in the headline oh it's down here teachers Counted for 666 confirmed cases. Oh, no. Yeah, so there you go. A couple 666 updates for you. And um, let's see. We also have a monolith update that, that we skipped in the last episode. But here we got it here. Aliens. Actually, I was looking for the uh, Elon one where Elon says, where are the aliens? But I thought it was more applicable. But... Uh, this is a uh, Isle White County Press photographer snaps monolith on Compton Beach, and of course, when I first heard Compton, I was like, Compton Beach? Compton has a beach? Yeah, I don't. In Long I Beach? Didn't know Compton was by the beach. No, no. See, this is not Compton in L.A. County. Oh, this is Compton no. in England. Compton oh. Beach. Uh, but the this o- monolith, the OG Compton, the OG Compton, but this monolith is like, it's like a mirror. It's all shiny. 
Yeah, this one's much shinier. It looks more well-crafted. It's got uh, a little pyramid on the top type of uh, illusion there. It's, it's, it's uh, This doesn't seem like the same craftsmanship of uh, some of the other monoliths. Yeah, it's going to get better and better as they reveal themselves. Looks, you know, the Galactic uh, looks Federation. a little bit more like an obelisk. It does. Yeah, it's got an obelisk look from the front, but then actually all of them kind of had that. It's not a an exact uh, you know block thing like in Space Odyssey two thousand one. Mm. But I did. I was. <laughs> I consequently looked up the uh, the book Scientific Dictatorship by the uh, who are the brothers there? I'm blanking on the name of the brothers that wrote the book in like two thousand six or something like that. But at the very beginning of the book, it talks about, um, oh, you know what? I brought the wrong quote up. Shoot. I messed wow, that nuts. up. Yeah, I messed it up. Uh, basically, um, they talk about the monolith uh, in Space Odyssey 2001 as being this um, evolutionary signal. Because the idea here is that you know, the, if you watch the movie, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. At the beginning, you got the apes running around. And they are given knowledge with these monoliths. And it's kind of like a signal that they're about to evolve. Right? Mm. And so, uh, so when you see the monolith throughout the film, it's kind of like a signal from the gods or whoever that they're about to evolve. The next stage of evolution is here. And so it's just an interesting pattern that uh, uh, right when vaccines become widespread, or at least this new mRNA, a vaccine for the COVID virus as it becomes popular, popularly distributed, if yeah. you will. They, well, uh, and we're coming up on December 21st, the real Quetzalcoatl uh, return. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's also, yeah, there's a lot of uh, convergence there happening because um, the Bethlehem star, Bethlehem star. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Let me get the quote real quick. Cause I found it. And while I was talking double task folks, uh, in the film, the evolution of these hominids is raised to the next rung on the evolutionary ladder by the sudden appearance of a mysterious monolith. Commen commensurate with the new presence of this enigmatic sentinel, our alleged simian prog uh, pro progenitors learn to acquire a primitive form of technology. For the first time, they use a bone as a weapon. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So you get the idea. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the notion being that they're that it's a signal that humans are about to go through an evolutionary process, the next stage of evolution, which is very much transhuman. And that brings an, me to, yes. Oh, I was just going to say what an age of deceit we're living in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it brings me to LA Bible or LADBible.com. Trans species man has two fins implanted in his head. Oh, oh, it's been a while since we've seen one of these guys. Yeah. A man who claims to identify as trans species has had two fins implanted into his skull. Oh, my God. Manel Munoz from Catalonia, Spain, known artistically as Manel de Aquas, uh, says he doesn't feel as though he's completely human. And the 24-year-old has now had two 500-gram silicone fins, which he designed himself, surgically attached to either side of his head. Oh, my gosh. There's a photo of him for those of you watching online. 
uh, or live anyway That's on the video. Them? They're just they, uh, they're, uh, yeah, they don't <laughs> they don't blend or anything. They're just white little fins. Yeah, he, he could have done big better too. That looks uncomfortable. Are those ropes hanging from them too? Like for his I glasses? Was trying to figure out. I think maybe he's trying to give like a headphone vibe. Sure. I mean, it would be nice if they actually did work his headphones or you know, increase his hearing or something. This seems more of like an aesthetic type of deal, but there's uh, a, there's a picture of him. Uh, what appears to be some wires attached to him that, that to uh, some, uh, oh, yeah, some solar panels, yeah, some solar panels or whatever. But I don't know if they actually do anything, but, hmm. uh, yeah. Are you ready to become a cyborg basil? Because this guy is, <laughs> this is so weird. This is like the least sort of interesting looking, uh, you know, invasive surgery to add some, you know, people have been putting horns on and little bumps and stuff under their skin for a while. This is no attempt to put it under the skin. No, nope. nothing. It's just two plast pieces of plastic hanging off his head. Yeah. This guy, it's guys like this that are going to be, you know, front of the line of getting the neural link. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, you can improve. I could get my ears on my head will now be connected to my brain. And so there you go. Quick update okay. there on a transhuman front. And also science fiction was a documentary. This is geneticliteracyproject.org. They had a headline, De-Extinction, Why CRISPR Gene Editing Might Be the Most Revolutionary Development in Science Ever. Ever. Wow. And it says here, I'm just going to read one sentence. Called De-Extinction, the resurrection of lost species is one of the many applications to be revolutionized by the new gene editing technology CRISPR-Cas9. So, you know, you talk about, we, I mean, this has been part of the discussion with CRISPR is that, hey, we're mm -hmm. gonna have, we can have like a Jurassic Park moment. Um, right. But I really think this is, uh, it's all sort of a PSYOP setup for bringing back the days of Noah in a literal sense as an excuse. If you're going to bring back the woolly mammoth and all these other you know, extinct species, why not bring back Osiris and Gilgamesh and, you know, all these <laughs> dead gods or something? Yeah, why gods. not? You can make your own uh, Jurassic Park of, of uh, ancient uh, god men. Yeah, it's all. Nothing, what could possibly go wrong? Spare no expense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what can possibly go wrong? Is there a, there's, there's no prophetic book from thousands of years ago that <laughs> describes something like that, is there? It's got to be life. Life finds a way. Um, just to interject for a second, did you see the articles popping up everywhere about a little bird that was thought to have gone extinct about 100 years ago, just like suddenly popped up again? It no. de, de extincted itself. Oh, really? How did it do that? I have no idea. It's a, it's a pretty smart bird. <laughs> Figured it out. Yeah, I guess it was like officially proclaimed extinct uh, quite a while ago, and then one just kind of popped up. Somebody saw it, so there you go. Nice. Maybe it's Gilgan. It's uh, Osiris bird. <laughs> it's, the, it's the resurrection of the, the Osiris bird in the bird world. They're yeah. all panicking. They're all. It's, they're, it's the <laughs> it's the Antichrist bird. 
Um, well, uh, one last quick update here, and this one is pretty concerning when it comes to you know the cyber winter and the cyberdemic that we've been mm-hmm. touching on recently. BBC.com, U.S. cybersecurity firm, FireEye, FireEye, their logo is literally an eye that's on fire, hit by state-sponsored attack, and uh, yeah, this is really not a good thing. U.S. cybersecurity firm FireEye says it has recently been attacked by a highly sophisticated threat actor believing the hacking was state-sponsored. In a blog, FireEye CEO Kevin Mandia said company tools used for testing customers' security has been stolen. The attacker primarily sought information related to certain government customers, he wrote. The blog did not say whether uh, or did not say who might have carried out the attack. Uh, The firm and FBR investigating the hack. But yeah, it's a bad sign when the CEO is like, yeah, all the the tools we use for customers' security is stolen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's good. It's interesting you bring up this uh, story today. I had not heard about this, but I spent a, a big portion of my day yesterday brushing up on Stuxnet. Oh, did you did you spend a lot of time on Stuxnet? No, I spent yeah, my so time putting together this vaccine week thing and going down <laughs> rabbit trails that no man well, should ever have to go down. I might as well bring it to the show since I spent so much time on it. For those who need a little refresher, Stuxnet was uh, um, a strange piece of, uh, you know, it was a virus or a worm or something um, that spread all around the the world. And then it was these two guys who ran a cybersecurity firm just by chance found it and went on this long process of tracking it down. And it was uh, very interesting. Some of the weird little parts about Stuxnet and they named it Stuxnet based on some, some stuff they found in the code. Uh, it was, there was a couple weird things. One of it was, it was obviously whoever had created the virus had, uh, had legal oversight in some way. This was a strange thing uh, because it had an expiration date on the virus. And uh, do you know, have you heard about this? You know, when the expiration date was no 20, 2020, the expiration date on this virus was the day before Obama took office. Oh, so, Yes. So Stuxnet, in the end, they figured out that it was a virus spread by the United States government, and it was specifically designed to uh, get into Iranian nuclear facilities and make them go haywire. And so uh, Bush, before Obama, uh, put together this, you know, there's this cyber warfare, (laughs) like really extreme cyber warfare that was glitching out and destroying all these Iranian nuclear facilities. Uh, And it just happened to get out into the public. They didn't mean for it to get out. They made a little error. And then like everybody's computer on Earth had this uh, had this virus on it that was supposed to take out nuclear nuclear facilities and only now have has there been like a bunch of declassification and and whistleblowers and stuff talking about it and i guess they took out like over a thousand uh nuclear centrifuges in iran uh, all the way up until the day obama 
uh, took office and they had to uh, it needed to expire before Obama took office because they, you know, legally they needed Obama to reapprove it. You know, you can't have a cyber war going uh, through a past president or from a past president not approved by the new president so pretty fascinating there's a lot more details um but it started with like like this story um you know just a private contract not even a contractor of the u.s government just a private security company found it and blew the lid off this whole thing yeah it says here that it's understood now that the cyber weapon was jointly built by the u.s and israel so Yep. There you go. Israel always got their fingers all over stuff with the U.S. Yeah, there are the rise of the beast proxy government over there. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I'm just picturing Bush Jr. trying to lead like some kind of internal memo conference or a little meeting conference call on that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) we can't get this worm. And uh, yeah, you know. Weapons of mass destruction. Start a bunch of fires. Start a bunch of fires in there. Fire uh, the nuclear facilities. You know that's interesting too, because a lot of uh, there was a lot of rumors in the New Age world in like the Mm -hmm. late two thousands, early twenty tens, about how UFOs disengaged nuclear facilities. Do you remember that? They would come Uh, in. They would come in and like just knock out. You know, uh, nuclear sites on you know, the, in the middle East and stuff. I wonder sure. if that was like a, a psyop, you know, to try to right, get yeah, propaganda was- to, uh, or, or just some kind of sense or see how much propaganda would work with that kind of stuff. Well, you know, the new age, they love grabbing stuff that other people think of and just kind of twisting it just a little bit. Just add aliens. Just fit into their zone. Just add the aliens to it. It's a <laughs> logic, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. what was it? Uh, was it a cyber it cyber it was a cyber war uh software created but no it was aliens <laughs> okay all right so well, should we get into vax week to vax week okay right. gans um i think i would actually like to start with reading this little note from one of our uk listeners okay let's do it Let's okay, so this is from uh, producer Julie. Thank you very much for sending us this email. And the, uh, she sent this, let's see, yesterday. So it's just right at the beginning of Axe Week, but gave a little intro. Says, today began UK jabs. Uh, people will be vaccinated. Uh, oldest care homes, vulnerable first, then going down age groups. First wave will be through main hospitals in each of the regions in the UK, then through GP surgery and designated hubs don't know what gp surgeries are but once given jab you will get a card to say you have the jab then you go back a second time in the designated time frame for repeat about three weeks everywhere pushing positive of jabs not the negative on tv or media the first people today given vaccinations were filmed an old lady of 90 margaret keenan uh in hospital as a patient already in Coventry and a man called William Shakespeare, age 81. So William Shakespeare has been uh, vaccinated. Yeah. Apparently after you get vaccinated, you'll have to stay for a designated time to be monitored. So they don't just let you out into the uh, wilderness, but they say to make sure uh, you're okay and you'll be given a cup of tea and possibly a biscuit. And thankfully, 
our UK listener knows to put in parentheticals cookie uh, because that's what they call cookies over there. Biscuits. Yeah. That's it so far. They say best wishes to you and your families. So thank you very much, Julie, for that. And we look forward to more boots on the ground updates from our UK listeners. Um, the, since she mentioned biscuit, I've been looking for a reason to mention on the show that I've been watching great British, British bake off. I have watched some of it too. Have you? The wife, the I'm wife really, really loves enjoying that show. watching Great British British Bake Off because it's pretty much the only show I can watch that isn't entirely constructed around uh, occult symbolism. I'm not. There's okay. not no occult symbolism in you, Great <laughs> British Bake Off, but there's not as much occult symbolism. Have you Fairly seen? Wholesome. Have you seen Shrek? Which one? J- the the the. Cart, well, no, the CGI one, like the original. Gons, there's like six Shrek movies. Is there? Yeah. Okay, well, let me rephrase. Do you the know who Lord, Lord Farquaad is? Yeah, Farquaad. Yeah. I had a Lord Farquaad haircut for a while, <laughs> and everybody loved telling me that I looked like Lord Farquaad. The guy, the, the old guy, that, the guy that looks like he's a retired rock star on uh-huh. the British Bake Off? Yes. Yeah. Lord Farquaad. Yeah, I get it. You will not be able to unsee it once you see it. I will say this, and there's a very small minority of our listeners that are so excited that we're talking (laughs) about Great British Bake Off. I just got to say, I'm just putting it out there and we're going to move on. I liked his uh, haircut in the most recent seasons. Um, And you, you go back, you watch past seasons where he has short hair, really trippy. I don't rececommend it. Okay. Um, Also, I miss, I I miss the bald guy. Um, all right. Well, not a big moving back season. to Vax Week. <laughs> okay. Back to Vax Week. If I can get control of my thing here, um, let's jump in. Uh, quick thing from Canada here. Yes. So this is globalnews.ca. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do a couple setups to the, uh, the main or a couple main stories about who's gotten the jab. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one is titled Neo Nazis Extremists. Capitalizing on COVID-19 declassified CSIS document says. Wow. Yeah. So, Oh, my gosh. This is the Canadian uh, folk up there. Uh, extremist groups have been promoting disinformation about COVID-19 in an attempt to capitalize on the pandemic, according to declassified Canadian intelligence files obtained by Global News. Neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and anti-government extremists in particular have been using COVID-19 conspiracy theories to attract followers, raise money, and encourage violence, the document says. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the secret national security brief prepared for senior Canadian officials and shared with foreign governments links disinformation about the virus to what it calls ideology-motivated violent extremists, IMV. So yeah, we're, we're going to be, they're just coming up with terminology now. They IMV. Have their own, they have their own acronym. IMV extremists. Like mm. I am vendetta, but uh, so there you go. I mean, it's just uh, whatever. Like these people come up with all, ca- they always blame the same neo-Nazis, white supremacists and anti-government extremists. Well, well this is some nice programming to say, <laughs> if you question the main narrative and if you point out flaws in the main narrative, then you're an ideologically motivated, violent extremist. 
because only horrible people question the media. It doesn't make any sense. And one more quick setup before the UK stuff. Uh, this is from KFGO.com. And the headline is, as UK prepares to roll out COVID-19 vaccines, skepticism remains. And you know it's a UK article because they spelled skepticism with a C. You know, S-C-E-P-T-I-C-I-S-M. Um, and it says here that uh, a sizable minority of people believe conspiracy theories about the coronavirus and COVID-19 vaccines. Some experts have warned, just as countries prepare to launch mass inoculations to get the pandemic under control. Uh, the quotes here are, and I just have it highlighted, quote, what we're finding is in the wake of the pandemic that conspiracy beliefs may have gone mainstream, that they're no longer confined to the fringes. Daniel Freeman, professor of clinical psychology at Oxford University, told Reuters, I'm, I'm, I love I'm, I delight in this idea that these, you know, hoity toity professors are like, oh, these fringe ideas have gone mainstream. It's out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also says around the uh, around a quarter of Brit- uh, Britain's population are entertaining such thoughts. Another quarter are consistently thinking in terms of conspiracy beliefs, and around one in ten people seem to have a very high rate of endorsement of conspiracy beliefs. So there now, you go. See, that's the crazy thing. So again, this is getting back to rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy beliefs. You know uh, what? The reaction to that is, oh, crazy beliefs. But, you know, just the words conspiracy beliefs just means, yeah, the somebody is planned something and it is done. You know, there's right. a conspiracy. And uh, I, I think it's strange. They're saying, you know, they're almost talking as if a, a majority of people have conspiracy beliefs um, or it doesn't even have to be a majority. But it, when a large enough section of the population uh is you know <laughs> is going against the mainstream authority. narrative yeah. yeah i don't think that technically counts as you know fringy beliefs anymore yeah it's it's very interesting how the premise or the presupposition of so many of these mainstream outlets is there is no cons- there's no conspiracy whatsoever ever and if <laughs> right. you really think about it the official narrative in some sense can be a conspiracy if you want to, you know, peg China and what they did or didn't do to contain mm-hmm. it early on. So uh, whatever, but that's sort of the sentiment that's out there to combat this whole thing. And just like, uh, just as the email said, it's time. It has happened. Basil, you want to take this? Uh, we don't have to read the whole thing because it's really not that interesting. Um, which but, one? Uh, this is BBC.com. COVID-19 vaccine. First person receives Pfizer jab in UK. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of these are, are just not that interesting, but it was just uh, reiterating Margaret Keenan, who turns 91 next week, said the injection she received was the best early birthday present. She said it was the first of 800,000 doses of Pfizer BioNTech vaccine that will be dispensed in coming weeks. Up to 4 million more are expected by the end of the month. Um, Hubs in the UK are starting to roll out by vaccinating the over 80s and some health and care staff. Um, So there you go. There's that Margaret Keenan uh, woman again. And then, of course. Well, before we do that, have you heard some of the conspiracies surrounding this lady? 
Well, there is that picture of her making a Masonic hand signal. Which, yeah, see, <laughs> I saw that. She's holding like a bottle or something, right? Is she? Yeah. Really so it's kind of like enough to see. It's kind of like okay, maybe, but I wouldn't bank any kind of reality on that. There was that other thing going around that this this lady is like a an actress or a, or a crisis actress, and they oh, had a picture. Those. Yeah, they had like a picture of one of these crisis actors side by side view. Very hard to tell when you're, they have a mask on. You're talking about on. the nurse. No, I'm talking about the actual lady who got the the jab. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that about her, although that would that would make total sense. Um, there was also, I'm not sure if you have it in here. You have the thing about the New Zealand uh, president or prime minister or whatever no, they have over there. No. Um, there was video of her getting the jab, I believe it was her. And it was just obviously the cap was still on the syringe. You know, the person oh, giving it, yeah, the person giving it to her, you know, was hiding it with her hand, but you could see it for a second. Um, and then I believe there was, oh man, I, you know, I just kind of skimmed by it. So I didn't save it, but the nurse who gave, um, the vaccine, both to Margaret Keenan and William Shakespeare, um, was the same nurse and, they were in totally different areas of the country. They were oh, they're far away from each other. Yeah, I didn't catch this that nurse one. just happened to be able to teleport <laughs> to both well uh, both sections. The Galactic Federation of Light are here and they uh they can do things like that. Yeah, that's true. Although they do have the video of William Shakespeare getting his uh vaccine. That is definitely a real needle and it definitely goes in there. <laughs> it definitely goes in. So um, he got the real one. Well, yeah, well, I mean, they can easily find a uh, a heroin addict on the streets of UK there. Yeah, and they can, especially oh, one that easy. thinks that they <laughs> place is crawling with them. Yeah. Especially <laughs> one that thinks that they're William Shakespeare, which is uh, Reuters dot com in England. William Shakespeare receives COVID nineteen vaccine. Here's a video here yeah, for those of you watching. He's sitting there and looking real. Man, that thing, that needle is ooh. Uh. And of course, the jokes floating around Twitter were the taming of the flu and uh, the two gentlemen of Corona, <laughs> you know, some good uh, patient to be or not to be <laughs> some good Shakespeare jokes there. Um, OK, let me get into something else here. This one is actually of concern. So let's get into the real stuff. Uh, this is going to come from CNN.com. And if you're new to the show, uh, we like to take stories from mainstream outlets because it's more fun to pick out the programming and the uh, rhetorical trickery and the, uh, you know, fun stuff like that. We're not Hold here on. to just read what well, you, you skipped the whole thing, though. Where it oh. will kill, which well, is the same okay. story, I guess. I'll do, but yeah, we'll, we'll do that one too. Okay. Let me jump into this one. All right. Um, so this uh, headline for the CNN article is allergy warning for Pfizer BioNTech vaccine after UK health workers with allergy history suffer reaction. Now, I think we're going to talk about the uh, the rhetoric and the communication and the programming around the Pfizer um, 
uh, testing the Pfizer BioNTech testing and the the uh, phases that they went through. And of course, they reported all sorts of side effects and a couple of pretty serious reactions that people had. Now, of course, now they're coming out and giving the vaccine, they are changing their story a little bit that nobody has ever been hurt by this vaccine and it's totally safe. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit more. But it took one day, yeah, one day, day <laughs> of the vaccine being given out uh, to find some bigger problems. Here's the article. Uh, people with a, quote, significant history of allergic reactions should not be given the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine. UK health authorities said Wednesday after two healthcare workers experienced symptoms after receiving a shot the day before. Like <laughs> experienced symptoms. The precautionary advice was given after the pair, quote, responded adversely following their shots on the first day of the mass vaccination rollout in the UK. National Health Service England said Wednesday, the two staff members who both carried an adrenaline auto injector and had a history of allergic reactions developed symptoms of anaphylactoid reaction after receiving the vaccine on Tuesday. Thousands overall were vaccinated in the UK on Tuesday, NHS England told CNN on Wednesday. So, yeah, for those who don't know, anaphylactoid or an anaphylactic shock, as people uh, refer to it more commonly, is a pretty serious reaction. I mean, it's a potentially fatal reaction that if you don't have your little uh, EpiPen or adrenaline auto injector, uh, you very, very easily could die. And the article continues, quote, as is common with new vaccines, the MHRA, Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, have advised on a precautionary basis that people with significant history of allergic reactions do not receive this vaccination after two people with a history of significant allergic reactions responded adversely yesterday, said Stephen Powells, the National Medical Director for NHS England, in a statement. Both are recovering well. The MHRA issued new advice to healthcare professionals stating that any person with a significant allergic reaction to a vaccine vaccine, medicine, or food. That's a pretty broad selection. <laughs> a lot like, of people. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people, uh, such as previous history of anaphylactoid reaction or those who have been advised to carry an adrenaline auto injector. Notice how they aren't saying EpiPen. It is a brand name uh, object, mm. but there is a lot of... Um, well, A, conspiracy theories, but B, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of hubbub recently, specifically around EpiPen, when that one like 30-year-old uh, pharma dude bought the, uh, what was it? Not the, the patent. He bought the patent on the EpiPen and raised it like 700% or something, the price of it. Right. So, of course, we got to call it an adrenaline auto injector should not receive the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. The advice also states that vaccines, quote, should only be carried out in facilities where resuscitation measures are available. <laughs> ah, this is pretty sketchy. intense. Yeah. Sketchy, yeah. to say the least. I mean, you talk about the like the flu vaccine. You just walk into CVS or any old pharmacy. Yeah. They're like that. free vaccines on the side of the, the street there, the corner. <laughs> Yeah. Just giving out this jabs one, all no, over. No, no, no. 
We need uh, EpiPens. We need uh, defibrillators. We got a. This is a life-threatening event. ICU beds are being overflowed by people getting vaccines. The article continues, quote, we are fully investigating the two reports that have been reported to us as a matter of priority. And MHRA spokesperson said that acronym does not flow off the tongue. Quote, once all the information has been reviewed, we'll communicate updated advice. The spokesperson added, they advised anyone with a history of significant allergic reaction due to receive the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine to speak to the healthcare professional administering the vaccine. So notice how in the course of one article, they went from don't get it. It's very dangerous. You very well could die. If you have any allergic reactions, don't get it. And then they made a little switch like, oh, just speak to the healthcare professional when you're there. (laughs) Just let them know. Pfizer said in a statement that it had been advised by the UK regulator of two yellow card reports that may be associated with allergic reaction due to administration of the vaccine. Is that like, is that like soccer? Yeah, yellow it's a card? yellow card. Yeah, you get some time out. <laughs> um, anyways, they kind of just repeat themselves about 40 more times in this article. Sure. So yeah, you got to get the time. SEO. You yeah. know, one of the things that's interesting to me is that a lot of the uh, you know allergic reaction to things, a, a lot of those problems come from poor health in general, like gen- generation, not just talking about like right now, but GMO foods and stuff like that, I'm sure have contributed to sure. a less healthy population in general. Well, that's so, the theory surrounding peanut allergies. Yeah. Like, that never used to be a thing. And then suddenly, I think it was like the 70s or 80s, when everybody started being allergic to peanuts yeah so similar in nature to that they're probably like hey this is where all the this is where all the killing can begin right yeah oh like, man yeah. i wonder yeah what new allergies will this uh yeah will this you know what's really interesting regarding and we'll be talking about the studies in a little bit here what's really interesting is you know they allegedly tested this vaccine on almost eighty thousand people before releasing it into the wild and I mean, 80,000 people, that's a pretty decent amount of people. You really didn't have anybody have an allergic reaction within 80,000 people when just a few thousand people in the UK got the vaccine in one day and two people almost died from it. Um, it's kind of a, an issue with these testing things is, you know, you fill out your medical questionnaire and it'll, of course, ask about allergies. And I wonder if they just didn't let anybody who had allergies uh, go, (laughs) you know, be in the test phases because that would, uh, yeah, you know, that would give bad PR. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I thought the timing of this information that we're about to cover, I'm sure many of you guys saw it out there. The timing was egregious. And uh, this is an uh, this is part of the whole narrative here. It will kill. And ooh, this is uh, not the right one. Here we go. Jerusalem Post, and the headline was changed. <laughs> it is now uh, first Pfizer coronavirus vaccine expected to land on Wednesday, and this is concerning Israel. The headline used to read: uh, Pfizer announces death of two trial participants. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the the sub sub headline here this uh, says FDA announces death of two Pfizer vaccine trial participants vaccine expected to arrive in Israel Wednesday. I don't know how that builds confidence 
for the population <laughs> of Israel. Um, but this article states the public is likely to begin vaccinating in less than two weeks as vaccines arrive in the country and health funds and hospitals prepare to administer them. Health Ministry Director General Chesi Levy or Levi informed the country's health funds on Tuesday that they should prepare for the vaccinations to begin on December 20th. Oh, that's an interesting date. The there day before there. the day end of the world. The end of the world. Uh, a senior health fund official said that the hospitals and the funds will start vaccinating in small numbers at first, but are expected to begin larger scale community vaccinations right after Christmas when a large shipment of Pfizer vaccines is supposed to arrive in Israel. At least 110,000 doses of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine are expected to arrive uh, today and medical staff at Tel Aviv Sarowski Medical Center have signed up to be the first to be inoculated. Uh, it goes on here and um, uh, talks about, let me try to get to that part where it talks about the deaths here. Da, 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 it's safe and yes and that. And did they change the article? They might have changed some stuff to. Well, they did. They changed the headline. Oh, I know they changed the headline, but. Yeah. Did so, they of course, there's the... going to be some updates there. Mm, da, 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 da. Let me try to find. Okay. Uh, the association noted that in large trials of tens of thousands of people, death can occur without any connection to the trial, but that companies such as Pfizer are required to report those deaths. Quote, according to the published data, six of the participants in the experiment died, two of whom received the vaccine and four of the control group, uh, said Dr. Yuri Lerner, the scientific director for Midaat. Quote, after an in-depth examination, no connection was found between the experiment and the cause of death. So that's their claim, okay? That, the, the claim, according to this doctor, is that there's no connection. Right. And if you go into the literature, the actual paper, uh, which is a briefing that's going to, it was, I think it was a briefing, I mean, I have the link here, for the FDA. This is um, Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee meeting December 10th, 2020. So tomorrow, as of this recording. And it mentions the, the, the part there where people died. Serious adverse events is what it's titled. Deaths. A total of six, two vaccine, four placebo of uh, 43,448 enrolled participants, which is a 0.01% died during the reporting period from April 29th to November 14th. Both vaccine recipients were over 55 years of age. One experienced a cardiac arrest 62 days after vaccination. Uh, which is okay. Maybe the vaccine had nothing to do with that one, you know, or, or maybe it did. Who or knows? It did. I mean, 62 days is hard to really nail down. Well, there's, yeah, there's no reason to say that it wouldn't take 62 days or for contribute this thing to, to the decline of health of this individual. Sure. Right. Well, number two, go. number two, uh, and uh, number two and died three days later. Uh, hold on. 62 days after vaccination. Number two, this is worded weird. Uh, number two died three days later in the, oh, so, okay. Yeah. All right. Wait, hold on. I want to experience you got this buddy. Okay. I, I got it. I got you. it. Okay. Never mind. It's not the 62 days. Okay. The one of the participants had cardiac arrest and then 62 days later had vaccination number two. So there's like two vaccines, right? There's two right. jabs. And yeah. after that second one, he died three days later. Uh, yeah. Okay. See, the there other, you go. 
He had a heart attack after the first shot and died after the second shot. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. And the other died from arteriosclerosis three days after vaccination number one. So the other guy died three days after from arteriosclerosis. I don't know what it is either. You want to look it up real quick? Um, I won't. Yeah. Oh, no. let me let me do it because you <laughs> yeah, don't have I, fingers. That's to a type. Lo- That's a long word. I don't. It'll take me a half hour to type into my weird little pokey uh, keyboard here. Okay, arterial sclerosis occurs when the blood vessels that carry oxygen and nutrients from your heart to the rest of your body, the arteries, became thick and stiff, sometimes restricting blood flow to the to your organs and tissues. Oh, yeah. So, did, okay, but but okay, wait. Did they have this before or like it, there's no information that would suggest Yeah, well, they don't want to give you too much information, guns, cuz then you'll start thinking for yourself. Well, that's that's part of the issue here is that with the information they give in the report, you can't come to any hard conclusions, but this they, doctor yeah, guy, to. I know, but this doctor guy is like, there's no connection between the experiments and the cause of death. Yeah. Well, and you know, maybe who knows, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, but he does have a financial, uh, uh incentive, incentive to yeah. say that. Yeah, that definitely. So yeah, the, <laughs> I guess two dead from the vaccine isn't that bad, but again, what, the people still died. And I thought I, my thing is they should have told this, they should have made this public before they started distributing the vaccine. Well, and that's the shady part about it is, you know, I guess yeah, I don't really know. I'm not a medical professional, but that's the whole thing. That's why you test things. That's why you have multiple phases etc and yeah probably something's gonna happen to somebody but you know from last episode and the episode before you know the mainstream narrative is that there were no adverse effects in the whole trial not a single one so take the vaccine is totally fine and a day in people are almost dying from anaphylactic shock turns out there were deaths in the the trials that you know, it's it's the lying that's the sketchy part. Yeah, you know, of course. You know, hey, hey, yeah, bad stuff happens when you test weird, never before used uh, vaccine technology or or any sort of medical technology. Not to excuse those things, but the, the most sinister part is lying about it to make sure that people, you know, don't ask questions when they go in to get their jab. Yeah. Oh, it says here that they, yeah, the, the allergic reactions were noticed in the trials. So yeah, they, they, they knew about it, but like you said, the nefarious part is not reporting it. And I think there were doctors, I think there was one German doctor that came out and said like, Hey, I asked for the evidence and they wouldn't give it up. So he was very upset. It was like the whole thing was in German, but, um, you know, somebody had a conference call and whatever. So, and we, and I think we reported on a story last episode where (laughs) they were basically saying that there's no information available about it yet, but don't worry, take the jab. Yeah. So, all right, let's keep going. Okay. Um, So uh, now that some people are getting the, the jab, are people allowed to not wear masks anymore? If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. No, they're unrelated. You care about unrelated. CBSnews.com. Will I have to wear a mask once I get the COVID-19 vaccine? Answer, quote, eventually I think we won't. 
But I think until we know that this vaccine is working, we are going to have to wear a mask. <laughs> Pediatrician Dr. Dion has said on CBSN Tuesday. Wait a minute. I thought it does work. No, 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 no. It works. It works. <laughs> Don't ask questions. But until we know, you got to keep wearing the mask. Oh, my gosh. This is clown world that we're living in. It really in is clown world. Um, so uh, we didn't want to read a whole bunch of these. There, there were, I had so many articles. We actually had to trim down some of the stuff. Well, there's because a lot happening. There's so much happening. Uh, but I did want to include some headlines. And we can read some of it if you'd like, Basil. But um, there were a couple headlines that I thought were just fantastic. This first one here. <laughs> is, uh, this, this one is fun. I do want yeah. to read a little bit of this. Go so for can it. I take this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. This is from WFLA.com. And the headline is New COVID-19 Vaccine. As important as moon landing in world of science, <laughs> which is just hilarious when you are a fringy type person that the, the, <laughs> the irony is too much to handle <laughs> new COVID-19 vaccine as important as moon landing in the world of science. I think maybe I could agree with that. <laughs> I think that's something we can all agree on. So, so yeah, I mean, this gives us an out, you know, again, like the whole brushing and labeling of conspiracy theorists against the narrative. This is a great way to, to virtue signal those people, you know, like if if you don't believe in the moon landing, (laughs) you are just as idiotic as not believing the COVID-19 vaccine, but go ahead. Right. The article reads like this. It's an important week in the fight against COVID-19. On Thursday, the FDA is expected to vote to authorize Pfizer's vaccine. This was coming out on the 7th and is related to uh, the U.S. US, Vaccinations could begin quickly after that. We are getting a better understanding of how the newest COVID-19 vaccine will be stored and distributed by the Tampa or in the Tampa Bay area. Tampa General Hospital is just is one of just five hospitals in the state of Florida that will get the vaccine first. Quote, what we're watching is really a moon landing type of endeavor that's happened the past five or six months. Said Dr. Jason Wilson at TGH. You mean the big hoax, the giant hoax? They duped the entire population of Earth with fake footage of the moon from. Okay. Go on. Orchestrated and uh, put together as a Hollywood storyline <laughs> yeah. in order to further the agenda of people in charge. Um, that's basically it. Then it just talks about a lot of the same uh, vaccine stuff. But I just like that quote. Yeah. <laughs> what we're watching is really a moon landing type of endeavor that's happened the past five or six months. Yeah, okay. that's fantastic. Good to know. Good to know. Great, great job, guy. Who is this guy talking? What's his name? Uh, I lost it. Jason Wilson. Um, Dr. Jason Wilson. Jason Wilson. Dr. Johnny Bananas. (laughs) I'm sure somebody got in his ear too. Like make it sound really important. What's the most important thing we've moon landing. Really hardcore. (laughs) The indisputable truth of the moon landing. Um, and you know, the, the virus came from China. So of course that's racist. That's right. 
uh, I technically can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Am I am I, am I allowed to say that it came from it China? It might be. It might be more racist if you say it. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, they don't like they don't like us Japanese yeah, people over the there. The Japanese and the Chinese. We've been a, mean to them in the in yes. the past. But uh, here's some Chinese been mean news. to each other. Sure. Welcome to Chinese news. ABCnews.go.com. Sinovac aims for 600 million dose capacity for COVID vaccine. Chinese vaccine company Sinovac says it is planning to complete a new facility to double its annual vaccine capacity to 600 million doses by the end of the year, while also securing a $500 million investment in a boost to its COVID-19 vaccine efforts. So mm. this is in Taiwan. So uh, cashing in. And, well, Bill uh, Gates uh, gave us the math. He said he makes 22, uh, he 22Xs his money. In the investments in vaccine, he makes twenty-two times what he invests. Oh, so wow. it's a, it's a, you know, why it's not thirty-three? Market. Yeah, why not thirty-three? Might as well it's just get there. <laughs> it's a great product when uh, basically all of society, the mainstream media, and governments uh, require people to use your product, or they're bad people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, my whole thing is why, why would you get a vaccine? that uh you know came from china and uh, well that is you know that's something that just sort of passed by a few months ago we did mention it on the show but you know allegedly china's had a vaccine for like four months or something like that right and well, so well, they hoarded the the sequence too they didn't share the sequence of the sure virus yeah. with the, with the world so there was an issue there but anyway, yeah, I just think uh, I, I think the world has trust issues, except for those that are willing to take this, like Brazil, Turkey, and Indonesia. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're they're all compromised. Is my anal quick analysis of uh, the situation? You don't <laughs> say. China. Okay, um, this next one. This one is uh, this this headline. We can even get into this real quick too. Um, this is part of a giant psyop, in my opinion. I'm talking about the psyops. Yeah, talking about this a, flipboard one. Yes, yes. Did okay. you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This one is fun. Flipboard.com new smartphone tool to track side effects of the coronavirus vaccine may be vulnerable to manipulation. Oh, you don't say. Oh. You don't say. A new smartphone technology designed to provide real-time warnings of side effects in the first Americans vaccinated against the coronavirus may be vulnerable to manipulation. Raising concerns, uh, malicious actors could gain access to the system to undermine confidence in the shots. Now, hold on. Let me open up the full article here. Well, this the is full, pretty... Yeah. Uh -huh. I was going to say the full article is from the Washington Post and I had to find yeah. the flipboard because Washington Post, you know, the paywall I'm stopped in. me from reading I'm into it. the yeah, mainframe. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Read yeah, it. They're, not, they're not paywalling me. Uh, so, yes. A, a new smartphone technology designed to provide real-time warnings of side effects in the first Americans vaccinated. That's pretty weird. I mean, you try to think, what does that mean? It's like real-time warnings. Of, so, if I get the vax and I have a little uh, app on my phone, is it timed? Do they know, like, 
the first day, this will happen. The second, first day, headache and fever. Second day, uh, you'll be growing a tail. Third day, you'll be, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. They're giving you real-time warnings of side effects in the first Americans. Um, but saying that it might be vulnerable to manipulations, raising concerns malicious actors could gain access to the system and undermine confidence in the shots federal... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Show burps. Federal and state health officials say, here's a question. Why don't you just make it secure? <laughs> Instead of making a whole hullabaloo about how this is a, you know, it's a great app. You're going to want it. Except expect it to be hacked. Why don't you just <laughs> not like just raise the security? Why even make a big deal about it? Well, you know why. You know why yeah, this is, I do know why this is a great narrative setup here. It is because it's laying a foundation. Yes. It's laying a foundation because of all the side effects people are going to have. You, it's it's going to be kind of unpopular, right? Like, oh, look at this tracking app that tracks all the side effects of the people. Look at Look at all this, these side effects. It's out of control. Well, they can say, oh, no. It got hacked. It's hacked. Don't it's, worry. It's hacked. It's people, are, it's hacked. people are, people are, people are, they multiplying the number of reports and it can't be trusted. It's not accurate, but I mean, it's such a weird thing to put out there. You yeah. know, there's no reason to put it out there. Otherwise, like, why would you put out there? This app that tracks all of your side effects can be hacked. Well, let's learn more. The okay. text messaging system called VSafe. Ooh, v safe is very safe is intended to provide early indications about possible adverse reactions from the vaccines using the messaging program people who have received the shots can report symptoms and other health effects such as missed work their responses could prompt phone calls from a team of safety professionals but the technology is raising red flags for some health and technology experts who say hackers or anti-vaccine activists may be able to access the software to create false or misleading reports. Um, you know what? You don't even have to hack it. It sounds like you can just call and report a side effect. <laughs> you don't need to be an expert matrix style hacker. You just call and tell them something yeah. misleading. Like <laughs> the logic of this warning is pretty faulty. Officials' unease is acute because vaccine hesitancy, stoked by a well-funded anti-vaccine movement. Well-funded. That's a conspiracy theory. Well-funded. Where is this funding coming from? I, this is some... I love I don't this. think we've seen any of this money. I know. Washington Post's conspiracy theory, oh, wow. stoked by a well-funded anti-vaccine <laughs> movement that makes prolific use of social and other media, is expected to be a central obstacle to the widespread immunization required to end the pandemic. Not rolling out V-Safe early to healthcare providers and public health workers who will be asked to promote it has also raised concerns. You don't say. <laughs> because these foot soldiers of the mass vaccination campaign have had had little opportunity to see how the system works. That's by design. Of course. Officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is overseeing VSafe, say they are beginning to increase messaging about the software and how to ensure its proper use. The vulnerability in the new tool quote, is a potential risk. No kidding. Said one federal health official who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. Oh, good. 
this is what I love. My favorite thing about modern journalism. You can just say an anonymous source and you just get to say whatever you want. This, uh, <laughs> This anonymous person who's really high up there knows what he's talking about. Don't worry. It's Dave from the mailroom. Safeguards are in place to block false information from being spread, but using them, quote, eats up time that could be used to investigate actual adverse events, said another official who spoke on similar terms. The CDC said in a statement that the smartphone-based tool was developed to allow, quote, people to report how they are feeling after COVID-19 vaccination to the CDC in almost real time. The voluntary system is in addition to existing safety monitoring programs, the agency said. Reports to V-Safe indicating a medically significant health impact are followed up by trained personnel. CDC vaccine experts may contact the person's health care provider to request more information, the agency said. Now, that is an interesting detail. The CDC vaccine experts may contact the person's healthcare provider to request more information. Mm. This seems like a violation of HIPAA. You know, your your medical information is supposed to be private and you're only, you know, you as the person of interest are the only one allowed to give, uh, uh, information distribute permission yes well or at least permission permission to distribute your medical information but this does not say with permission it just says cdc vaccine experts may contact the person's healthcare provider to request more information the agency said that seems like a hipaa violation to me but who knows i'm just a podcaster Podcasterson. The VSafe platform <laughs> is in the final stage of development, which includes security testing, the statement said. Okay, well, you should probably continue to do that. The messaging tool promises to give officials a quicker signal of any safety issues associated with coronavirus vaccines. Of course, we know we need this because the first getters of the vaccine are actually part of an extended test. Uh, I guess that just stands on its own. That that's one thing that this article really makes clear is, yeah, we're not really sure. So uh, you need to report all your side effects. We did do the testing. It is safe. Don't worry, unless you have some sort of allergic reaction to, I don't know, anything, medicine, food, or uh, I forget what the third one was. Um, yeah, so by, really by what way. this is, is an extension of the trials. Yeah, the bunch of people in the chat mentioned it, and uh, yeah, I think I, I'm seeing the same thing here. That what? back in March, HIPAA was suspended. Really? Uh, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, to free up information that? flow and coordinate the public and private sectors' response to the in March. Coronavirus. Yeah, it says it says March here. Yeah, that was really early. Yeah. That was the first month of the pandemic. It took them one month to decide that it took them less than a month to decide to throw away all medical privacy. Well, it's killing people, Basil. Look at all the dead people under 25. Not in March. Not in March. (laughs) Wow. That is spooky. I mean, talk about uh, the immediate loss of privacy. That is you know, HIPAA laws are no joke either. People go to jail for a long time for uh, for breaching HIPAA laws. Yeah. Mm. Wow. There you go. All right. So there you go. I don't know. There's there's more 
Uh, it's a, actually a very long article, but again, like all these mainstream articles, they just kind of tell you something and then repeat it 40 times. Yeah. Uh, but I really do think that this is uh, just in general a setup to have an answer to all the side effects people are, are going to complain about right, or even die from, but mostly the complaints of the side effects. Uh, because, um, you know, there's some concerns here with a couple of these reports here. One being from PBS, uh, news hour, PBS.org. This is not conspiracy theory. This is PBS. I know. I loved that it was from PBS. A whistleblower says the FDA isn't properly regulating vaccine facilities. Oh no. That's concerning. Oh no. Yeah, so it's actually an interview here, so we, we're not going to read the article, but uh, the overall thing here, uh, the summary basically, while much attention has been given to approving COVID-19 vaccine, there's been little paid to the facilities where many vaccines are manufactured. A recent investigation in Vanity Fair, your new favorite truth <laughs> news good. agency, features Fashion a former magazine turned truth tellers. <laughs> well, it is weird that vanity fair. We've had a couple articles. Yeah. We've, we've trying been to through like, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, vanity fair features a former FDA inspector turned whistleblower who says that the FDA is not doing its job. Uh, and uh, vanity fair contributing editor, Catherine Ebon, the author of the piece joins Harry Srinivasan. To discuss, and it's uh, again, it's a whole thing here. The part that I found interesting was um, uh, because <laughs> one of the questions was that, uh, you know, this is uh, being picked up by anti vaxxers. Okay, so this is mm. Hari Srinivasan who says, again, anybody who, <laughs> anybody who says, oh, that's an interesting piece of information. This is something everybody should know before getting jabbed by a strange rushed chemical. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, the, the exchange. Uh, Hari said, so this comes in an era where there is increased vaccine hesitancy. The World Health Organization says that uh, that is one of the top 10 problems facing the planet right now. You know, an article like yours. I can easily see an anti-vax community picking it up and saying, here you go. Here's one more reason we should not get a COVID vaccine or any other because these plants are horribly, regu uh, horribly regulated. What's your response to that? And she responds, Catherine. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because when these issues first came to my attention, my reaction was I'm never writing that article because the last thing I want to do is contribute to vaccine hesitancy. Mm, great. Little, what a wonderful journalist. Yeah, apologetic. What a great truth seeking journalist. However, I think it is critical that the FDA does its job. So we were very clear in the article that the anti vaxxer position linking vaccines to autism is really based on debunked science, full of conflicts of interest. You know, the issue we raised in the story have nothing to do with the anti vaxxer position. They have to do with whether the FDA is doing the job it is supposed to do which is ensuring that all these manufacturing uh, plants follow good manufacturing practices. Yeah. And so, you know, what's the saddest yeah. thing is that she felt the need to give that uh, caveat. Yeah. You know, yeah. can't you just report the truth without having to like kneel and promise that you're not an anti-vaxxer? 
No, no, you can't. can't. <laughs> no way. No way. So this is uh this is interesting, you know, whistleblower calling out the FDA that they're not doing their job monitoring the vaccine facility, which that I mean, at face value, any objective person would look at that and say, yeah, that is a reason to question these vaccines they're rolling out <laughs> in six yeah, months as opposed to six years. No, that's even it's just a, common sense. A mega vaxxer, a, a vax lover <laughs> a should vax look at lover. that and be like, oh, you're right. That is a problem. <laughs> you know, they should really come up with a name for the people that are pro vax, you know. Like mega vaxxers is pretty good. Actually. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Mega vaxxers. Uh, one more quick thing. This is another one of those, uh, pieces of ammo that you can look up. Um, if you get people that talk about the science and they tell you, you know, uh, science is truth. Okay. Well then you should give them this article here from mdpi.com. Which, funny journal? enough, is the uh, journal run by the racist Asian from last uh, from last episode. The white supremacist Asian. Yes, he this, believes this in medical. law and order, so he's a white supremacist Asian. Yeah. Uh, the article is titled, Relative Incidents of Office Visits and Cumulative Rates of Build Diagnoses Along the Axis of Vaccination. It's a fancy way of saying, uh, just measuring... The health of the in the children, really, the young people uh, who receive vaccines. And um, it's based on uh, visits to the doctor's office. And it's got the whole study's in there. So people that are better at breaking down the scientific literature can go in there and take a look. Uh, but the conclusions, this is the first paragraph in the conclusion section. It says, quote, we could detect no widespread negative health effects in the unvaccinated other than the rare but significant vaccine targeted diagnosis. Uh, we can conclude that the unvaccinated children in this practice are not overall less healthy than the vaccinated in that indeed the vaccinated children appear to be significantly less healthy than the unvaccinated. Mm, wow. That's pretty crazy. I mean, significantly. That's significantly. So basically, you know what they're, I think what, what they measured here, and I tried to read through this, but again, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. So it's sometimes the scientific literature goes over my, my Mandalorian helmet, but, uh, they basically measured, uh, again, the children who visit, uh, the hospital, not the hospitals, but like, uh, you know, what was it? What was it? What did it call it? The, the, the uh, office visits. And, if you get the children that get vaccines seem to come back more often because they have problems, mm, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe there's no direct correlation, but they seem to have more problems with allergies and learning disabilities and attention deficit disorders and neurodevelopment disorders and like all kinds of chronic illnesses, every, all kinds of problems. And what vaccines to. are they talking about here? Are they talking about vaccines in general or are they talking about the uh, coronavirus vaccine? I think it's, uh, well, it's, I think it's relative because they don't have data on uh, the coronavirus vaccine. Okay. I mean, they just started that, right? So, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe they have like a child department of the test or something, although that seems uh, heinous. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's a good paper to sort of take a look at and see. 
And I'm sure, you know, you're the, the more well-versed scientists out there can perhaps poke some holes in the conclusion and call me a uh, fake news for reporting on a paper without understanding it fully. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm just reading it. I'm just reporting the information that I see here mm-hmm. and uh, reading a paragraph from the conclusion section, which clearly indicates that vaccinated children appear to be significantly less healthy than the unvaccinated. So there you go. Yeah, just reading the study. It's reading science. The stuff. Science. Science <laughs> is truth. Science is truth. Listen Ooh. to Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was a lot of vaccine stuff. We have not that talked about that. that. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's nice to kind of save it all up for one moment. So I we know. don't have to harp on it every single show. Yeah. Um, but okay. Pretty good. Well, uh, anything else before we take a quick break? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, what time I is a- it? Let me pull up. My computer time has been. So off. It's just increasingly getting more and more incorrect. So I've been having to pull up time.is slash uh, <laughs> You have to go to a website. To I got to get the exact time from a website <laughs> oh, because <that> is- <laughs> my computer just can't do it. Oh, wow. 252. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. we got to keep rolling then. Yes. Uh, let's take a quick break. It's a short break. Don't worry. Okay, folks, we're going to take a very short break, but don't go anywhere because after the break, in just a couple minutes, we have uh, a mysterious unknown illness has been popping up in India uh, that they explicitly say is not COVID-19. So we're going to learn about that right after the break. Um, Then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, data scientist who had a very aggressive raid on her home uh, the other day. And then, of course, everybody's favorite a Nephilim update but first we want to thank some of our producers of the show what producers that's right producers you might notice that we don't read any ads on this show uh we have philosophical reasons for that uh you know concerning the advertising industry really being the new theology the base of a global economy and being so wrapped up in private data and big brother systems that even the most innocent of of advertising uh seems like you're kneeling to a golden calf and And so we decided long ago that, uh, you know, considering our listeners as a commodity to be packaged up and sold to advertising companies was just the wrong way to go. And not only that, we don't actually even sell anything. You know, somebody came to me the other day and they're like, well, it's not really that impressive that you don't advertise. All these other shows don't advertise. And I checked out the other shows and yeah, they don't advertise somebody else they just advertise their own stuff you know advertise their own pills or their own uh you know survival things and look that's better than advertising of course um but it is still kind of advertising we don't even own our own merch store (laughs) so (laughs) we really have chosen uh we've taken a vow of poverty guns i know but you know it's uh really we feel it's the only way to uh stay completely Um, In the realm of integrity, um, not being uh, incentivized to collect as many listeners as possible so we can bundle them up and sell their trust and attention for our own personal gain. 
Instead, we run on the value for value model, which is you guys, uh, if you enjoy the show, if you get any value out of the show, if you uh, give your trust or attention to anything we say, you have the opportunity to put value back into the show. And this is cool for a couple of reasons. One of them is uh, it you know, keeps the show, like I said, in the realm of integrity versus us trying to be alarmist and scare you into buying some product, which is, um, you know, really, again, almost just as bad as advertising. But what are you going to do? Um, now, I will say a lot of people really love to be alarmed. They love to have their being freaked um, by a lot of horrible news. In fact, uh, there's studies out there. Neuroscience says that alarmism and outrage actually uh, fires up the reward system of your brain. Um, uh -oh. So, you know, being outraged rewards you. And that's why advertising uh, takes advantage of outrage. And you see it not just from the mainstream, but you can see it from all sorts of different outlets. So anyways, on a, on a, on a philosophical level, we decided that was not the way to go. Instead, we are value for value. You get the opportunity to rebel against the advertising uh, industry, the entity. It's almost a spiritual entity, this advertising uh, throughout the world. And you get to uh, rebel against that and place your own value on the media you consume. No longer will big corporations and advertising agencies uh, determine the value of the media that you enjoy. I believe it is the future. So, uh, and those who decide to become producers, uh, that's a real title. You can put that on your LinkedIn, put it on your resume, whatever you want to do. Give them our email address, canarycryradio at gmail.com, and we will vouch for you. Now, the easiest way to become a producer is to head over to patreon.com slash ccnt. Um, and uh, those who hate the break section will be happy to uh, hear that we have no new producers over on the Patreon page. Uh, that's patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. Um, if you want to do that, we've got a bunch of bonus episodes and all sorts of fun stuff you can get access over there. But if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. A lot of people don't like Patreon. You can head on over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio dot com slash support that's right canarycryradio.com slash support uh is back in action it was it was crumbled it was gone for quite a while we were wondering why nobody was producing the show but it is back up and it is waiting for you um there's a lot of literature over there at canarycryradio.com slash support that will uh, explain a little bit more the value for value model and all the fun twists and turns thereof but uh other than that there's there's all sorts of fun ways to become a producer. One of them is just through regular old PayPal. And you can come in with a monthly producership, or if commitment is not your thing, you can make a one-time producership in any amount. And Gons, who do we have coming in on the PayPal? Today on the PayPal, we have four new producers. The first Whee! one, Courtney P. Producer Thank you very Courtney much. P. Producer Courtney. Thank you. Thank you for that. And then we also have producer William S. 
Thank you very much. Producer William S. Uh, Billy coming in with $33, by the way. Ooh. Uh, and then we also have producer Kevin D. Thank you, Kevin D. Thank you very much, producer Kevin. And he's a, he, he's a subscriber, so he will be producing the show each month. Thank you very much. The monthly producerships really uh, go a long, long way to laying down uh, a very stable foundation for the show. So we appreciate all of our monthly producers. Yes. And one more uh, new monthly producer, producer Jonathan W. Thank you. Thank you very much. much, Producer Jonathan. And other ways you can support the show uh, besides your treasures with your time and talent. You can send us jingles, ISOs, uh, anything to really get the show more interesting or not, not get the show interesting. What am I trying <laughs> to say? Make the show more interesting or make it more yours as producers. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any jingles today. All right. Uh, uh, real quick. All yeah. right. R.I.P. Epstein, a.k.a. Lil Mossad over uh-huh. on Twitch yeah. is pointing out producer William S. is uh, producer William Shakespeare. Oh, since hey. $33. <laughs> that you know uh, it's not but i would like to just think it is did we wait a second we it's vax week and we have not been promoting some sort of uh vaccine uh, a, producership you know, you know why it's okay it's because it'll be vax month and then it'll be vax year <laughs> that's, we'll a, good point. that's a good cry point cry vax i will mention though since producership is slightly low uh I will say that uh, usually for those who are new, we have themed producerships. One of them that was sort of organically started by the producers was the 33. It's an attempt to uh, reclaim the number 33 from the powers that be. So thank you very much, uh, producer William Shakespeare for that. Uh, There's also the Trump tax donation which is $7.50 or $75 or something of $7.50. That was always a fun one. Um, and I think, uh, I think just for right now, I will say that the vaccine producership uh, or Vax Week or Vax Month, I think $19 for COVID-19. Ah, not so bad. if you come in, if you produce the show for $19 or, or some, you know, iteration of 19, some iteration of 19, uh, that'll be the, I don't know. With the whack chain, it'll be whack chain producer sheep. Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, did you just call them sheep? You called their producer down. sheep. That, no, I'm calling the whack chain sheep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice save. Yeah. Thanks. All right. On to art. <laughs> on to art. One art, please. <laughs> we love the art that we receive uh, because it just adds so much color to the show. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one I would like to share is from producer Allie Woo. and Allie drew a picture of Basil Podcasterson. <laughs> oh, this is great. The Allie producer, Allie, the youngest known producer, and she is Gazlin bonds in the Twitch chat there. And yes, this is a, for those who are just listening, uh, a, a beautiful rendition of a medieval Basil. Uh, holding a cat, I've got a sweet cloak and a sword, and yes, uh, referring to Basil Podcasterson, my medieval name. <laughs> Your footwear is most impressive, by the way. I, I really, uh, my laced sandals. Yeah, my, it's really yeah. pretty awesome. That's thank nice you. Work. Nice my work new there. kicks. I, I like how you say thank you. Like you did yeah. anything for? Oh uh, well, they're my shoes. They're my <laughs> medieval shoes. Okay. 
Got one all, from uh, Medieval Journeys at the Medieval Mall. Yeah, not to be outdone. Thank you, producer Ali. Uh, Epony Blaze in the chat uh, put you in action. And yes. Uh, <laughs> A mixed, mixed media. Yes. Uh, she has photoshopped uh, Basil Podcasterson into a medieval uh, sort of town landscape there. I want to read these. I got to get them close. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's good. And there's street signs. One of them is Ye Old. Oh, I can't get close enough. Podcastersonville. That's good. What is this one? Oh, I can't see it. Um, but it says the, ad- the adventures yeah. of Basil Podcasterson in which Basil and Monty cat kitten visit Gonzo's grotto. Oh, so it's oh, my very, grotto. Excellent. Yes. It's your grotto. Very and, cool. Uh, oh, Everything's ooh. in black and white. The, yeah. Now in my, uh, my virtual space, I've gotten so close to this. It's the only thing I can see. So I'm living within Gonza's grotto here. Nice. Thank you very much. That's producer Charlie Epony Blaze yes. in the chat. Thank you for that. Oh, hold on. Something slipped on my thing here. Uh-oh. Oh, stop, stop, stop slipping. Okay. Uh, next up, we wanted to thank producer Grace for bringing us quotes from the show. Uh, she always does this with some interesting one-liners that we come up with on the fly here. And this first one, I think this was you who said this, the kids that don't believe in Santa, they are the rebels. Yes, they are the rebels. I forget exactly why I said this. We had a quite a conversation about Santa Claus and some sort of, uh, bigger context, but that's very good. The Christmas, the Christmas spirit is alive. Here in uh, Canary Cryville. Um, and if you're anti-Christmas, we're not in the spirit. So <laughs> I like how you play both sides of that. Yes. Good Just job. Make everybody nice, happy here. Nice little beating around the bush there. And the second one. I'm Basil Podcasterson. It yes. really just made an impression on all of our producers. Yeah, it's like a family crest type of uh, look here. We've got some sprigs uh, surrounding and really a beautiful um, uh, sort of graphic design of I'm Basil Podcasterson. It's almost, uh, it's almost like a wreath and it reminds me of the UN logo. The UN logo? Oh, yeah. yeah it's like, um, yeah, like the sprigs of wheat. Or whatever. Very fun. Thank you very much, uh, producer Grace and producer Allie for, and producer Charlie for all of our art for this show. Yes. And real quick, I do want to mention, um, oh boy, I got to scroll back a little bit to remember the name. Jade, what was it? Jade Bouncerson Mm -hmm. is a, we, it's somebody in the YouTube's there. We'll keep, we'll keep her, him, her, him anonymous. Um, okay. they left, uh, timestamps in the last video episode 273 on the face, like the sun YouTube channel and YouTube hit it. What YouTube hid the comment. Oh, got rid of our timestamps. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think it's because uh, they left some links back to our website and some things. So YouTube doesn't like it when there's outbound links to truthy type of places. Uh, So that's possibly why, but I think what we're going to start doing or what I'm going to have to start doing is taking whoever does the timestamps. I'll pin the comment, but I will also 
cut and paste it in the description section of the video. And what that'll do is it creates these little divots on the timeline mm-hmm. and it'll allow uh, people to just you know skip to those spots instead yeah, of. That sounds like a good section. idea. And yeah. Uh, yes, those thank you very, very much for those timestamps, uh, those producers who help us with that, um, because uh, it helps people who might find the show maybe for the first time or they just don't have enough time to watch all the way through. Uh, helps them kind of skip around and choose what topic they want to listen to. Uh, yeah. Very helpful, especially for new listeners. Amen. All right. So that's all I think we should mention. We can mention Canary Cry com. Yep. Um, Canary crime, merch, perch.com. Get there. Uh, it's producer run again. Like I mentioned, Gons and I don't run it. Uh, it's uh, got all sorts of Canary cry merch put together by producer dust. Thank you very much. Producer dust. And, uh, everything is sold at cost to keep everything as cheap as possible for the Canarians who are interested in merch. You do have the opportunity to tip the webmaster, which please do, uh, it, Costs him money to run it. Um, you can tip the artist or you can tip Gons and myself. That's canarycrymerchperch.com. Oh, I have a jingle for that too. Yeah. There you go. Okay, should we get back to the show? Let's do it. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okay, I got a couple things to bring to you here before we get to your uh, Nephilim update. The first one is from BelovedCNN.com. Communist News Network. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The article is titled, Unidentified Illness Hospitalizes More Than 300 People in India. The Uh article reads like this. I know. An unidentified illness has hospitalized more than 300 people in the southeastern India, including one who has died. Only one, okay. According to local officials investigating the cases. Patients in the city of Iluru in the state of Andhra Pradesh reported a range of symptoms, including seizures, loss of consciousness, and some nausea over the weekend. Wow, those are pretty serious. Seizures, loss of consciousness, and nausea, Uh, said Dola Joshi Roy, the district surveillance officer of Eluru's West Godavari district. This comes as India continues to battle the COVID-19 pandemic with the world's second highest number of infections. Andhra Pradesh is one of the world's, uh, sorry, one of the worst affected states and currently has more than 800,000 confirmed cases. Yeah, that's a lot of cases for such a small region. Uh, But COVID-19 wasn't the cause of the mass hospitalizations over the weekend. Quote, all patients have been tested, have tested negative for COVID-19, said Roy. All patients. That's unusual. All patients. That's really weird. (laughs) Every single patient. That is very strange. Adding that about 180 patients have now been discharged while the rest are stable. The patient who died had reported similar symptoms to the others, but then had a fatal but unrelated cardiac arrest, she said. Okay. Uh, I'm always curious. How do they like absolutely determine that a heart attack is unrelated to the sickness they They have? They can't. Well, our bodies are one thing. That's true. A noted 
Uh, a note released by Andhra Pradesh's health department said that the initial blood tests did not find any evidence of a viral infection, such as dengue or chikungunya, chikungunya, which are both caused by mosquito bites. Authorities are now testing water samples in Iluru for contamination. After all the patients were found to receive their water from a common source, samples have been collected from 557,863 households. She sent to a forensic laboratory. Yeah, that's a big operation. The cause is still unknown, but uh, still we are doing all kinds of testing, including testing food and milk, said Roy. Specialists from the All India Institute of Medical Sciences and neurologists uh, from out of state have also arrived in Eluru to conduct further neurotoxic tests and are waiting for the results. The chief minister of Andhra Pradesh, Y.S. Oh, geez. Jagan Mohan Reddy uh, visited the patients Monday. So, you know, the reason I want to bring this up is a is kind of weird and notable, uh, according to CNN. Um, But this was very reminiscent of us doing shows in February when in January, when it was like, oh, there's this weird thing happening in China. And it was just, you know, some people had a weird disease. Isn't that weird? Uh, we're going to shut down travel from China. But other than that, just this weird stuff. Nobody knows what it is. I think it was even back in December. I think it was we were looking uh, at it. No, December. we know now that it was talked about in December, but it really no, wasn't. I think, I think we reported on some of that weirdness stuff in, in December. Okay. I don't think it was neither here nor there. Whenever it was, it started as, oh, just this weird little incident in China. This weird little disease that people are getting. Huh, strange. So I thought it was just worth putting on record uh, mm. that, uh, you know, we saw this happening. And I, I'm not saying that anything is going to come of it, but uh, just uh, good to pay attention. At this point, I'm going to pay attention to all unknown diseases popping up <laughs> around the world. I would be curious to see what that AI uh, blue dot blue dot the canadian ai oh, yeah that caught coronavirus uh way ahead of any humans um i'd be uh, or at least in the united on the western hemisphere i'd be very curious to see if this blue dot ai has anything to say about this indian disease hmm. so there you go easy peasy next coming from tallahassee.com the headline is Agents raid home of fired Florida data scientist who built COVID-19 dashboard. Now is the time to do what you're told. (laughs) And uh, you mentioned this last episode, but there wasn't a whole lot of info. So now we're. Let's see what they have to say at Tallahassee.com. State police brandishing firearms Monday raided the Tallahassee home of Rebecca Jones, the former Department of Health employee who built the state's much praised COVID-19 dashboard before being fired over what she said was refusing to manipulate data. Quote, they pointed a gun in my face. They pointed guns at my kids, Jones tweeted shortly before 5 p.m. Jones, who launched her own COVID-19 dashboard after she was fired. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was her own COVID-19 dashboard. Yeah, I went into the whole 
deal. So I'll, I'll comment on it. Good. Yeah. You can read some of and it. And used crowdsourcing to raise money to support it, said the agents knocked on her door around 8.30 a.m. that morning, took all her, quote, hardware and tech after showing her a warrant based on a complaint filed by the Florida Department of Health. Yeah, this is really interesting because as you'll hear, Jones uh, is a a left leaning person um, who's really, really invested in sort of the mainstream narrative. And but that's a bold move, you know, being fired from the uh, the whatever department. Well, you know why she was fired? Yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. It'll mention it in the article here. But I'm just saying that the the bold move is, no, I have all the right information. So I will create my own COVID-19 dashboard. I mean, can you imagine a conservative starting their own, you know, uh, quote, on, you know, sort of pseudo official COVID-19 dashboard? They would probably be rated also. Yeah, well, Um, a video accompanying the post shows Florida Department of Law Enforcement agents invests at the front door with guns drawn, asking who else was in the house. She said her husband and two children were inside as they escorted her out of the house. The video shows an agent entering the house with his gun drawn, calling for her husband to come down the stairs. When an agent told her to calm down, Jones said, quote, he just pointed a gun at my children. FDLE spokeswoman Gretel Plessinger sent a statement confirming the seizure of computer equipment at Jones's Tallahassee hassy home and said agents are investigating who is she rebecca jones was fired from the florida department of health so she built her own covid19 dashboard document read uh, got the search warrant and stuff there fdle began an investigation november 10th 2020 after receiving a complaint from the department of health regarding unauthorized access to a department of health messaging system which is part of an emergency alert system to be used for emergencies only, Plessinger said. Plessinger said when agents arrived, they knocked and waited 20 minutes for Jones to answer the door. Quote, Mrs. Jones refused to come to the door for 20 minutes and hung up on agents after several attempts and verbal notifications that law enforcement officers were there to serve a legal search warrant. Ms. Jones eventually came to the door and allowed agents to enter. Plessinger said Ms. Jones Ms. Jones Jones's family was upstairs when agents made entry into the home. The investigation is active, she said, as in, uh, quote, as in all cases, our role is to determine the facts of what happened and a state attorney determines whether or not charges are filed. Jones, the former geographic information science manager, was fired for insubordination in May after being reprimanded several times, state officials said. Her paperwork doesn't state a cause for her being fired, but she claims she was terminated for refusing to manipulate health data to cast Florida in a more favorable light. She tweeted, quote, they took my phone and the computer I use every day to post the case numbers in Florida and school cases for the entire country. They took evidence of corruption. Oh, they took evidence of corruption at the state level. They claimed it was about a security breach. This was DeSantis. He sent the Gestapo. Uh, let's see. Uh, the article is quite long after that. Um, <clears throat> give me one second here. An unidentified subject gained. Oh, so they talk uh, talk about her using the emergency broadcasting system, basically, um, to try to convince other health workers to revolt against the state. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And this was the the text message, like emergency text message system. She after she was fired, she accessed the emergency broadcast system and sent out a little message to basically revolt against the state. Yeah. Well, so I, I watched an entire interview and thank you to producer Aaron for sending it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did back in July. It was a sit down conversation because this happened in April or June or something like that. Maybe it was April when she was fired and, you know, I sat through her telling the story of what happened and everything. And it, it, so the conclusion based on kind of what I was looking at. So, so what happened, she was taking, she had put together this dashboard, which was seen million, I, I think uh, maybe not a hundred million, but several million hits early on news agencies and journalists were all picking up on it. And so she became, she was sort of the, uh, the, uh, not like the face of it, but sort of quietly the one that programmed the algorithms and everything else. And the, the state of Florida, uh, the, the DeSantis crew, basically they had come up with a plan to reopen schools Mm-hmm. And they came up with the plan before the da- the data came in, right? And so they had the paper published. She talk- she talks about how they were stapling together the report as I was giving them the the data, and basically they asked her to change the private data to reflect the legislation that they were ready to to unleash to bring people back to schools. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, no, I won't do it. And she stood firm. And I think she, she had said that she sent an email to her lawyer or somebody maybe in law within the organization. Cause she was working for the government yeah. uh, about a whistleblower type of situation. Like when, if she can blow the whistle and some of that leaked to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how she, cause she didn't even know what happened. You know, she just, woke up the next day and phone was blowing up and you know, her name is all over the place. And so, uh, so here, here's what I noticed a few things to notice. This lady's like a data scientist. Okay. So she, she made this, this app or this dashboard that analyzes the data coming in yeah. from the vaccine. And or for from those, the virus. I saw a couple of questions uh, mm-hmm. in this case, a dashboard. She basically just made a website. There's, yeah, it's kind of like a website had that the, had the information, had a map or something. Right. And just had COVID cases on the map. COVID cases. And one of the things she mentioned was that she was given a whole bunch of information. This goes back to the HIPAA thing. She was given all, like everything, all the private information, mm. the names, the locations, the age, their health, blah, blah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And her job was to strip all the doxing parts of the data and just make it, you know, massage it to where she can publish something publicly. And so uh, think about that for a second. Handing a scientist, this is a lot of uh, integrity issues, right? Like giving a scientist all that data, mm-hmm. who, what, where, all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, she, she claims to be, a, you know, a wholesome scientist. So she didn't really uh, abuse that. But I think being asked to manipulate the data that's on the government there in Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think people can get caught up in the right, left and P- Republican Democrat discussion and be like, well, the Republicans would never do such a thing. Uh, yeah, they would. 
They would they would ask a right. data scientist to change the data so it matches their legislation that they already agreed upon yeah. and already and printed it's not the even papers. About left or right, it's just the state. It's just yeah. governments, it's governments you know? in general. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's obvious. Now the other part of it, and she was saying that you know, uh, in more recent posts, she was talking about how schools should not open because based on the data uh, that I have and the the way she massages the data or whatever, um, you know, the, the, there's still a spread that happens and blah 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 blah. The problem is, and in, in in the interview. I love that because after this, I mean, the CDC says school is pretty much the safest place for kids. Well, to she's be. like disagreeing with the CDC in the right. whole thing. But basically, she's taking the data that comes in and, you know, she claims to have a, a, a way to uh, m- not manipulate really. but How just to lie with statistics. Analyze the, the statistics to come up with explanations, right? Mm-hmm. And so she... <clears throat> Uh, what she's defending because people are, I saw on social media all over the place. The woman who defends science is being taken out by DeSantis, right? DeSantis, they sent the Gestapo to stop the lady defending science. Mm. And it's like, no, she's not defending science. (laughs) She's defending her own analytics, her, her own algorithms of, uh, of the data, of the data itself. And, and the guy that was interviewing, uh, I mean, on lady. one in one, you know, explanation of it, it, and this is just the way, you know, the the left would say just about a person on the right doing the same thing is she's basically running a disinfo <laughs> campaign. <laughs> well, you can call it that, but it's it's her own assessment. That's what they would say if if he was if she yeah. was a right leaning person. Oh, she was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. She was running a disinfo misinformation campaign. So the the video was published on the Newhouse School of uh public something. It was some university in Florida that she had graduated from and the dean emeritus David Rubin was the one interviewing her and he basically said like hey garbage in garbage out with data how do you know that the data is is clean and all that and she even admitted she's like well we don't know there's lots of gaps in the data that we collect right. so it's not really clear but based on the data she, you know she's very proud of her work in terms of how she thinks you know you're giving a better idea of what's going on with everything right. and so she's really defending her own data analytics software. That's all she's doing. She's not defending yeah. science. So, yeah. but on the other hand, the, the her re- rebellion against the state, uh, and her, I guess her, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, just disobeying, you know, what the government wants down there mm-hmm. warranted a, a type of, Hey, you're taking state level information Right. And you're 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 using it on your own now. You're not having it filtered to through the state, and so that makes you, uh, I don't know, maybe a terrorist or something. I don't know how well, they labeled her. My understanding is that they actually went and tried to. It was just a search warrant. It was not an arrest warrant or anything. Oh, okay, search warrant. No, it was just a search warrant that they executed. And yeah, she kept them out there for 20 minutes and refused to open the door. So yeah, you're going to escalate the situation if you do that. Yeah, yeah. So the point being, it was in response to her accessing the emergency text message program (laughs) unlawfully. 
She was fired. Yeah. She is not allowed to have access to that. And yeah, so she basically infiltrated, uh, you know, uh, state level inf- stuff. state infrastructure, yeah, state emergency infrastructure. response infrastructure to send her little message and, you know, promote her own statistics and her disinfo campaign. Right, right. So there you go. That's really what it is. It's not, again, I want to reiterate the point. She's not defending science. Yeah. She's just defending her own analytical uh, software, basically. Yeah. That she and created. if she wasn't on the left, this would all be presented in a totally different way. Yeah. And yeah, that's, definitely. of course, not some big secret. Definitely. So, okay. Well, there you go. We got to wrap this up, Gon. So, what do you got for a Nephilim update? Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. This is Gematsu.com. Headline, El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron, coming Ooh. to PC. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Metatron. Uh, we got some uh, book of Enoch theology going oh, yeah. into this video game. El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron, first launched for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in April 2011 in Japan, followed by August 2011 in North America and September 2011 in Europe. Here's an overview of the game via former publisher Ignition Entertainment. Long ago, when the seed of mankind was first taking root, God laid down his plans for the human race. He appointed the Grigori, the most human of all angels in heaven, to watch over them from the celestial realm. The Grigori, known to some as the Watchers, dutifully continued their vigilance through the ages. Over time, they became fascinated by the lives humans led with the uninhibited freedom and passions. Subtle at first, the fascination soon led to feeling of longing, uh, desire, and lust until one fateful day, the Gagori turned away from God and descended to earth. When heaven's highest order, the council of elders, discovered the Gagori's betrayal, they were furious. Their anger only grew stronger when they learned that the fallen angels had taken in daughters of men, deviating mankind from God's great plan. To set matters right, the council decided to send a terrible flood to wipe out the entire human race. However, there was one man who objected to the council's decisions. His name was Enoch, a scribe whose righteousness moved God to bring him to heaven while still living mortal. The council heard Enoch's plea. Uh, please, and agree to spare mankind on the condition that Enoch capture the fallen angels and bring them back to heaven to be imprisoned. To prevent the impending flood, Enoch returned to earth on a mission to escort the fallen angels back to heaven. Upon his arrival, he confronted Azazel, one of the seven who fell. However, Azazel refused to return to heaven and went into hiding along with the others, warning Enoch not to follow. And so, Enoch's long journey begins wow wow that really fit the whole thing oh, just there, huh? the whole thing is just there. i, I kind of want to play this now el shaddai ascension of the metatron that's funny. is uh just a straight rip of genesis 6 so that's that's our nephilim update okay before we go i've got a couple of fun updates for our producers here just keeping our producers uh, updated on our global charts some notable ones uh gons we hit rank number 74 Ooh. in news commentary in the united states of america that's a pretty good rank 
Cool. And uh, so thank you to the producers and got to keep our producers updated. Uh, we did hit number 57 in Australia in news right. commentary. That's pretty good. One other notable one was uh, we are number 31 in South Africa. So hey. there we go. We are the, <laughs> pretty popular in South Africa, apparently. <laughs> So Very thank cool. you to all of our producers, um, in this case, Australia, South Africa, and the United States of America, keeping us popular around the world. Um, other than that, I had one last note, and I have completely forgotten what it was. Oh, I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention it earlier, and I am going to regret it. But please, if you haven't done it yet, hit the like button uh, wherever you are watching or listening to this. If you're over on YouTube, smash the like button, as the kids say. Uh, just helps the algorithms know to uh, share the show with other people. And remember us, because we will be back on Friday, December 11th. Oh my gosh, December is flying by. I got to do some shopping. Oh. Uh, December, not for you Christmas, not the pagan holiday Christmas, unrelated <laughs> shopping uh. of gifts for my friends and family. Uh, we'll be back December 11th, uh, 2020, sometime probably around noon. What are we trying to do an earlier show? Yeah. No, uh, what did I say? Yeah, noon. Yeah, yeah, sometime like between that. noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I think we have an interview on Friday as well. We'll do one of those double episodes. Yes, we are doing another double header on Friday. So if you are uh, looking to become a producer, please consider uh, all of you out there becoming a producer of Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com dot com slash support canary cry radio dot com slash support that's right we'd appreciate it very much we cannot continue doing the show uh as often and this in the same way that we do it um unless people continue to produce the show so we appreciate that very much it really is a a team effort around here and it's a great way to uh, topple the golden calf that is the advertising uh industry around the world so take control Control of the future of your own media and become a producer and uh yeah consider doing that thank you very much um other than that there's other ways you can become a producer of the show you can create art if you are a visual artist uh or you can create jingles or music things like that make sure to stick around at the end of the show we have the canary cry mixtape coming up at the end of the show you want to hear some songs that producers have created just for us you're gonna want to listen to that it's always a fun time but if you uh, create something whether it be art or music or jingles you can send that over to canarycryradio at gmail.com and it'll make it on uh, friday's show so thank you very much for that um other than that you know it's very important that uh you share the show you got people in your life who are starting to wake up uh friends who are starting to realize that the world is not what it seems go ahead and share an episode on your social media uh tag us we will be very excited to see those tags um we're just uh you can uh, well my twitter you should follow me on twitter oh i was so very happy i finally crossed the 500 followers follower border on twitter so thank you very much to our 
uh, my Twitter followers and everybody else. Uh, you can follow me at Basil Rosewater, Basil underscore Rosewater. Uh, but share the show on your social media or wherever, or just send an episode to your friends or your family. We'll be happy uh, to gently help them down the, the narrow path of truth as things just continue to get crazier and crazier. Um, it's a good resource more than anything. Of course, I like it when you uh, spread the show, but it's also a good resource for people to find um, information that the, you know, their Facebook feed might not be showing them or they might not be searching out themselves. And remember, you can go to canarycrynewstalk.com. We have all the links to all the articles. Make sure to save them. Because, uh, you know, having these articles at the ready is good ammunition for spreading the truth when it comes up. Okay. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah, folks. And just a reminder, we'll be back Friday, December 11th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to follow the podcast version. Just pick your favorite podcast uh, player and search for Canary Cry News Talk. Subscribe to us there. Uh, After each live episode, uh, we have a a much crisper, higher quality uh, audio version that goes up on the podcast feed. And it's just a great way to catch the show uh, if you miss the live broadcast so make sure to do that all right gons any last words i think that's it jesus is king there you go okay everybody thank you for listening to this episode of canary cry news talk make sure to tune in next time but until then think outside the cage Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.
Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Don't even get me started on bidets, man. Bidets, man. Bidets, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you were living the life, man. Bidets, man. Pot. That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know. Give me a shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin, get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent.
future humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on